good. Yeah, I, I'm just going to start this off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is Asinine Radio. I don't even know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I don't know what to say. I want to meet myself oh, in a while. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is quite the banger of an episode because we're getting really spooky because it is spooky season. It is the end of October, just a few more days until Halloween. We decided to get into the uh, to the Misfits and some of their music. Um, I'm not going to tell you exactly what Misfits album we're going to do because you probably didn't read the description about what this episode's about. Oh, got him. We're gonna get in, but first, we're going to get into some of the um, their albums as a whole from all the eras. We're actually just going to rank them real quick uh, because Jeff is a newbie, uh, uh, a newbie Misfits fan, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm for trying sure. To think. I'm doing multiple things at once right now. You only should be so doing Jeff one thing, and that's Misfits thinking. Fan. Well, then now speaking, we'll <laughs> that's two things at least. <laughs> Come on, man. You, you know I don't think very often. But <laughs> before we get into the albums true. of the week, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Go follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Send us an email, asinineradio at gmail.com. So let's just dive right into mis- the Misfits album rankings. We'll start with our least favorite and our favorite song from those albums. Or our least favorite to the best album and our favorite song from each of those albums. So... So I, I mean, I actually did the the homework, and I have a favorite song from every album. Um, do okay. you have a favorite song I from kind every of album? Don't. Okay, that's fine. That's not a big deal. The only, yeah. So we'll continue. So my least favorite okay. album by the Misfits, um, is "The Devil's Reign." I think this album is okay. boring. There's nothing really stand out ish about this album, and it seems like only, only. Only. See, I'm telling Ooh. you, the more we say only, it's going to sound more only. and more weird. No, it's not. Yes, it only. is. I'm tell- <laughs> you, uh, you wait. You wait till the end of this episode. You'll never say <laughs> only again. Only. Like, so I, I think that he just couldn't figure out if he wanted to sing like Danzig, if he wanted to sing like Graves, if he wanted to do his own thing. There was just It was all over the place, and it was just bad. This was a bad album. And my favorite song from mm-hmm. this album... Is none because y'all fucking sucked. This album was terrible. <laughs> fucking garbage. This was actually a bad album and I did not like it. Everything else they've done, I've liked in wow. some capacity. But this one I did not like at all. You did not like it all. That's great. Did I love not it. like. Yeah, th- this is my least favorite. This this is at the bottom of, of the list for me. The Devil's Reign is it's it's their their latest album. I think it was released in twenty eleven. Uh, it's during the Jerry only era, so he's on vocals and bass. Yeah, it's just it's a shit album. It's not good for like all the reasons Jeff said. It 
it's so boring. And I don't have a favorite on this either. They're all. I listened to it. I listened to it. I listened to it once when it came out. I hated it then, and I listened to it once this week. And I, I just, I, I actually didn't listen to like the last three songs. It's not good. There's no way the last three songs are going to be anything better than what I've already heard. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's so boring. And I'm it's only so like dull. I'm only so passionate oh, about it because it is the last album I listened to by them. And as we get further on into their albums, it's like, dude, what the fuck? Like you guys have done like this and then now you do yeah. this? How what are you doing? Yeah, I know. Uh, whatever. I know. It makes no sense. Uh Okay, let's move on to the to the next one. Next one is going to be Project uh, Project 1950. Yeah, Project yeah, 1950. Yeah, that's mine as well. That's we their, both agree on this. That's their cover album. Um, I think I just don't like only, 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 only. Jerry only. I don't like only's voice. Only. I think it's just annoying. I, I think the covers themselves, I think they're okay okay to good. I don't think any cover on here is great. Mm-hmm. I think they're okay. Agreed. And uh, I just don't like his voice. I think it's silly. I think he tries way too hard to kind of be over-the-top goofy but not in a ironic sense. I think he thinks like he's the shit, and that bothers me. Yeah. But my favorite song on this would be Monster Mash. <laughs> I'm with you 100% on this one, too. It's uh, Monster Mash is my favorite on this, but that is still pushing it. Uh, Jerry Only's voice is, it's just, it's, there's nothing really that unique about it. And he just, I feel like he's trying too hard to, to hold on to the past like yes on this image like i don't i don't know any i've never met anybody who likes this era of misfits and i don't know understand how people still go to their shows it doesn't make any sense well because they still play like the bangers right they still play hybrid yeah. moments and stuff yeah, from they, other they albums. Still, yeah but jerry's singing it like it's not oh. i don't know Oof. and that's Give another weird thing and that's another weird thing too is that you know, Misfits will play. The, so Misfits will play, and it'll be Jerry only on bass and vocals, and then his son Jerry Other on guitar, and then I forgot who plays drum with drums for them right now. But they'll play like little like club shows and stuff, and then then they'll do like the big Madison Square Garden shows with Glenn Danzig and Doyle, and it's like, how can you do that? Like, how is this even like? How did Glenn Danzig even? allow this to happen anyway well i'm sure i'm sure we'll talk about that more once we get into the yeah for sure static age album all right so the next one Um, okay so so yeah let's move on to the next i think that our first couple and our last couple are that are going to be the same and we know our last couple is the same but i think our first couple is going to be the same it's going to be the middle ground that's going to differ between the two of us so my next one is american psycho i i think that they they leaned a little too hard into the goofy horror punk as if they were like a like a soundtrack band to a B horror movie which i get they were trying to do that i just think it was a little too much the vocals were a little bit weak and i think they tried to make up for it with too much harms but it just didn't it didn't kind it didn't quite click with me but the best song on this album is the title track american psycho i think that song's a fucking banger so mine here my my pick is Famous Monsters. It's the it's the one that came out right after American Psycho. So Michael Graves, the singer for Misfits, he only did two albums with them. 
He did American Psycho and Famous Monsters. Uh, and that's right now Famous Monsters is where I'm at. I think it's the lesser of the two that he did with the group. Uh, it just, nothing really sticks. Nothing really shines to me during the Graves era. Maybe, I don't know. The only song that really sticks out to me is the song Scream on this album. And that's probably because I've heard that song outside of this album more than anything else. It's like, it was a single, but that's really the only reason why I would pick that as my favorite on the album. Other than that, I don't think it's a very strong album. Okay. So, so that's mine. You're entitled to your wrong opinion, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Continue. So, um, next one for me, which you might get mad at, but it is, uh, earth AD uh-huh. slash wolf's blood. Ah, I think this. Uh, I, I think like AFI took this song or took this album and, and was like, okay, this is this this is what we want to sound like. I think this is more hardcore mm-hmm. punk than like anything they've done. So in yeah. in doing so, there's not as much strong melodies, and I think the songs just kind of blend together. And the album's not that long, so they didn't have enough. I, I don't. I don't think they left themselves enough time to. F- like fully explore the sound that they wanted to. The album's like super, super short, like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, it's like 21 minutes. Yeah, it's like, like 21 minutes. That's just not enough time. <laughs> and so I think that if they just, if they it's kept up short. with it and maybe just pushed it a little bit further, I would have ranked it a, like this one and the next one that I'm ranking are almost tied. And so that, that's just, that's just where okay. I'm at with this one. And my favorite song in this one is Die My Darling. Banger. Okay. Even though that's, do we die? Wait, oh no, no, last. I uh, never mind. Okay, never mind. Okay, so so what number are we at? We're at fourth. We're we're at we're at number we're at fourth place right fourth now. So worst. fourth place for me is uh, yeah fourth worst is uh, American Psycho. Uh, I I kind of liked where they were going with the the cheesy horror punk. I I think that's a cool idea. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Wednesday Thirteen, and that's like how he started his career was like really cheesy horror punk. And I like it. Like if the songs are written well, it's cool and it's fun. And I and I I understand that. I like that. Uh, and but other than that, the album is just kind of whatever. It the only standout track I like is American Psycho. I like the woes in it. I think it's a really catchy song. I like the transition in that song, from from like the chorus, the like the chugging kind of thing. I think it sounds really good. But other than that, the album is kind of stagnant. It it's whatever. So that's okay. my number four. All right, all right, all right. So we still have at least two of the of the last three that haven't been talked about yet. Yeah. My number three is Famous Monsters. I think this had a solid okay. like rock and roll sound, and and coming from the first three albums, or I guess like the different eras, right? And so this was mm-hmm. the Graves era. Graves. But this was a completely different sound than, like the Danzig era. This was like a rock and roll sound, kind of like Bullets and Octane was doing, right? Like way later. A little bit, yeah. This but is like it, straight yeah. up like fifties vibe, dude. And it was like it was, it was solid. It was so fucking cool, and it was such like a relief to hear, like holy shit, like American Psycho still took the things that made the Misfits cool, like you said, like the horror stuff and and the B movie things. Like that's cool, but we've kind of heard that already. Famous Monsters, yeah, kind kind of went like a totally different direction and did like this, this straight up like rock and roll sound, and it was so fucking cool. It was so good. 
I actually have two favorite songs off this because I don't give a fuck. The one was Saturday Night, <laughs> and the second is Friend uh-huh. Club. Or Fiend Club? Fiend Club. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half beers okay, deep, baby. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, mine, uh, my, my third Misfits is uh, Earth AD. That's, I mean, I feel like the top three are really honestly can only be held by Dan. You are straight up. You just, you basically just like did my favorite That's albums. That's fine. I don't give a they fuck. Were, my favorite albums are as they were released. <laughs> Fucking that, guy. Th- that's just how it happens sometimes. Jeez. That's how it happens sometimes. You just can't help it. Uh, so yeah, Earth AD. Um, I will say, yeah, the, the short runtime it kind of sucks, but it, it's understandable for that time period because Danzig was like transitioning out of Misfits at that point and kind of starting Samhain and writing music for that band, which is kind of already very similar to Misfits. So, I mean, I understand maybe he just wanted to put that out, put these songs out there, and that's it. That's all. Um, just a favorite of mine on this. It's still a solid output. It, there's a lot of good stuff on this. But uh, my favorite song on this is Green Hell. Green Hell is the best. That's a sick song. So... You know, Let's we move on to number two. So if, if you want to cut this part out, what would be cool, because I'm pretty sure our, our, our favorite album is going to be the same. If it, I don't know if it is, but if it is, I'll know after this, after you say your second. So if our favorite album is the same, I mean, I'll, spoilers, mine's going to be Static Age. That's my favorite album. So if yours is, all, okay. don't tell me now, but if it is the okay. same, we should be like, all right, now my favorite album, both of our favorite albums is Static Age. Because it's the best, and then just cut into like hybrid moments or something. That's a really good idea, but oh, you fucking piece of shit! All right, <laughs> it's not all right. <laughs> That's like a really good idea. Maybe I should just change it because it no, is. Really no, good. no, 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 no. It's a good just idea. for the sake of the no, show, no, just no, for the no, sake no. of the episode. I, I, I want you that to, is a really good idea. But I want you to like. I want no, this, no, because that, that's like it's that's too real. good of an idea. That's too good of an idea. That's too good of. Is an that idea, really your favorite album though? Yeah, Walk Among Us is my favorite. Okay, well then keep it with keep with it. The integrity of the pod is at stake here. <sighs> we have no integrity. You now you can that. actually you can actually not even cut this part out because this is so. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the backbone <laughs> of our podcast. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, so all number right. two, I think if, no, if number, I keep this in, we already know. Number two <laughs> for me is is Walk Among Us. Walk, wow, Walk Among Us. Walk amongst us. Walk among us. So this is like, um, you can definitely hear the sounds of like early pop punk in this with the solid melodies. This album mm-hmm. totally reminded me of the Balancing Souls and some of the stuff that the Balancing Souls did early on in their career. And okay. both being from Jersey, the Balancing Souls, I knew were definitely inspired by the Misfits and, and always held them in like this high regard which I always assumed it was just because they're from Jersey. But after listening to this album, I was like, damn, dude, the Bouncy Souls have taken so much from the Misfits, and I love it. So good. And so yes. I, I think that um, a, a couple of things here. Brain Eaters, I feel like that's like, like straight up like oi music, right? Like that genre of, of music that came mm-hmm. later that also like influenced like the Dropkick Murphys. Like that song is it. Like that... That song is what the Dropkick Murphys based their entire discography off of is just this one song, Brain Eaters. I don't know that for sure, but I'm just saying it. And then Astro <laughs> Zombies, Me First and the, the Gimme Gimme sampled it on, for their, uh, their song On the Road Again. I know that. 
I know that. Really? Oh. I know that. Okay. My it makes sense. I know Fat Mike is a huge Misfits fan. It's like one of his favorite bands. My 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 two favorite. I have another two favorite song. My two favorite songs are Twenty Eyes and Hate Breeders. Okay, that, that, I mean, fantastic songs. Um, my number two is uh, is if I kept that part in it, like everybody already knows, it's Static Age. That's that's my second favorite Misfits album. Uh, I'm not going to talk more about it. I'm not going to tell my favorite song right now because we're going to get into that in just a moment, just a few minutes. So let's just move on to. Uh, you're number one. Or no, I'm as, oh, because your favorite, yeah, but you're not my number one because you, you're the static age. Um, Walk Among Us is my favorite Misfits album. Uh, I think this, every song is solid. It, they're perfect songs. There's a lot of catchy parts. It's, it's a very bouncy album, especially compared to Static Age, which is very kind of like 60s and like, like a lot of downstrokes, like kind of slower, but there's a lot of like, Almost like thrash in in Walk Among Us, but still bouncy at the same time. So, um, so my favorite song on here is oops, it's probably well, I have two. I'm gonna say I turned into a Martian and Twenty Eyes. Ooh. Yeah, those two songs Whoa. are fucking killer songs. Ah, the damn dude, especially I turned into a Martian. I mean, that song is catchy as hell. But anyway. That's it for our album rankings. Uh, let's just get into Static Age. Misfits were formed by Glenn Danzig in Lodi, New Jersey in 1977. They currently have seven full-length albums, four EPs, four compilations, and three live albums. They have sold many, many copies worldwide and remain one of the most influential punk bands of all time. The album we're doing today is Static Age, and it is technically the band's first album, and it was recorded in 1978, but was not released properly until February 27th, 1996. It features Glenn Danzig on vocals, Jerry Only on bass, Franchet Coma on guitar, <laughs> and Mr. Jim on drums. So, Jeff, from a non-Misfitsman, how do you feel about this? First impressions from you. Sir. Okay, so um, I think I wanted, I, I pushed for this album a little bit more for, um, for a couple of reasons. One was a Misfits song came up 
in like a weekly Spotify playlist of like, hey, songs you may like. But Spotify knows me better than like anybody for sure. Like Spotify is well, like I should marry Spotify because that fucking actually, thing. I know you better than Spotify, dude. Spotify knows me so good. It's ridiculous. It's, like Ridic- it's so good. It's ridiculous. So it's Spotify Sunday. said, "Hey, dude, check out this song, Angel Fuck. You may like this. Guess what? I liked <laughs> it. And then I was watching yeah, Jackass. Like, like Renee, Renee and I were watching Jackass. We watched one, two, and three on various streaming platforms. And in the first Jackass, mm-hmm. they played Hybrid Moments. I was like, dude, this is a really fucking Ooh. cool punk song. Like, what the hell is this? So sure enough, I go, pull out my Shazam, because my phone still does Shazam, even though it's only four <laughs> years old. It should still do anything, but whatever. So I pulled out my Shazam, and it was like, oh, Misfits, Hybrid Moments. I was like, what the fuck? This has got to be like Fate or something, dude. And so then I looked up the album that it was on, and they're both on the same album, right? They both came out. Like, yeah. They were both recorded at the same fucking time. And I was yeah. like, this is... There is no faith in what you make. That's what John Connor said in fucking Terminator. And so I thought for sure we have to do Static Age. And so then when you mentioned that we're going to do the mis- the, you want to do the Misfit for Halloween, that was the trifecta. That was the trifecta that put everything. Wait, really? That I yes. <laughs> yes. Really? No shit. I swear, I dude. I'm okay. telling you. That's why it was so fucking not, bizarre. Yeah. It was so weird. I just I don't know, man. Everything fell into huh. place. And this whole week has just been. I don't know, man. Like, usually for our album of the week, I'll listen to it several, several times and listen to other music. Like, literally all I've listened to this week is The Misfits. Like, over and over and hmm. over and over and over. They're so fucking good. It, it's, I, don't, I don't know where I've been. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened. Maybe I've just been in, like, Do you want to know what's Dream so, World. Do you know what's so irritating? What's so irritating is that I've been telling you for, <laughs> man, maybe 15 years now, that you need to listen to Misfits, man. They put out some great stuff. You're going to really like it. It's not what you think it is. It's not goofy like you think it is. You should really check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. No, they're stupid. No, you should have told me to listen to Static Age. Like, when I think of the Misfits, I think of Jerry only. <laughs> only. Only. Because <laughs> we met him that one time. That's all I think of. And he's the fucking yeah. worst part about the Misfits, as far as singing goes. The absolute no, the worst, worst part, part no. about the Misfits, as far as singing his his the way okay. the way he sings the lyrics everything about him is absolute garbage, and I don't understand why he okay. even thought that he could continue the Misfits without Danzig. Insane, <laughs> insane. But yes, I again I was absolutely fucking blown away by how amazing the Misfits are. And again, even though I ranked Static Age as number one, Walk Among Us was definitely close to being like number one for me, because it is very very like you said bouncy. It's very early pop punk and it's it's absolutely amazing but damn dude static age has too many bangers too many good bangers for me it does. to even like Ooh, it really consider. does okay so is it safe to assume you have no stinkers yes okay i have i do true. have two songs okay. i have one song that is okay for sure 100% i have another song that i'm still this whole week i've been trying to like go back and forth whether or not it's okay or or a banger what is it? Uh, Static Age. Songs? Okay, that's interesting. So, the opener. so, so Static Age. The, I, I'm, I'm back and forth. I'm like sometimes I'm like you know this song is fucking amazing, and then there are other times I think you know this song is just is just kind of okay. I, I like the pacing of it. The heavy bass is cool. There's like a pick scratching sound 
in in the song and like an acoustic guitar sound. I think it's really fucking cool. It's got a very jam sound to it. They're just kind of like jamming out there. But um, I don't know, man. As a whole, I I think it may just be okay. See, my my, well, I actually I do want to get into more into Static Age, but for me, I, I just want to get into to me 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 because it's this this podcast is all about me. Yes. Uh, Correct. Because I, I was the one who, who brought this to Jeff's attention, and I'm very proud of that, that I was able to influence Jeff so much. Uh, but Misfits, for me, I the first the first song I ever remember hearing from Misfits is my favorite Misfits song, uh, and it was, a, it was in a Vans commercial back in, like, middle school or maybe early high school. Uh, it was the song American Nightmare. I remember watching it, and it was like a... From what I remember, the commercial was, like, a kid... Like stuck in like a like a padded room like at a site like a psychiatric hospital, and the American Nightmare song was playing, and I I loved the song. I couldn't figure out what it was, and this is pre-internet, or I mean that we had the internet, but you couldn't really look it up. And then so I for like weeks and weeks I couldn't I didn't know what the song was. And then one day, they put in the bottom right corner like the name of the band that was playing in that song, and it said Misfits American Nightmare, and I just was like, dude, this is it. This is this is Misfits. So then I went to Best Buy and at the time that was when Best Buy sold CDs, but they didn't they only had one Misfits CD. So I guess this is two thousand three. They only had one Misfits CD and it was Project nineteen fifty. So oh. I, like I said, I knew nothing I knew nothing about Misfits. Just that one song. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna buy this. It's, and I, I looked and I was like, ah oh, it doesn't have American Nightmare, but it's probably still good. So I bought it, took it home and was just wildly disappointed. I couldn't believe how bad it was. <laughs> it was At so bad. At least you bad. knew the song, and then, though. So, uh, saving Grace, Yeah, but but even then, but even then, I was just like, this is really bad. This, this is not what I wanted at all. And then eventually, you know, asking friends at school, I eventually found out, you know, the different eras of Misfits and then essentially burned, like, the Misfits Ooh. comps. I didn't even get... I never had Static Age or Walk Among Us until, like, Probably after high school, because before I just had I had just burned copies of like the collect the compilations. So, uh, yeah, it was so that that's my whole little thing with Misfits, uh, and the Danzigera is the best by far, the best. And yeah, no stinkers. There's one song on here that I feel is just like eh, good but not great in the context, uh, and that's the last one? song in the doorway. In the doorway. Oh, okay. And that song, if if you look at the history of that song, that song was never really intended to be on the record. It was a song that they recorded, but it wasn't actually mixed until like 1995. So it's just kind of like a weird, weird track. So that that it's still good, but nah, whatever. But I I felt favorite, the same as you. Favorite. But dude, the woes, oh, that got me. The woes. Okay. The woes. Well, let's get let's get right back what's into your, what's your favorite you song? brought up. What's your favorite song? My favorite song is pro- is it's a toss up between um oh man there's there's really three that I love so much uh, teenagers uh. or uh no no okay we are one thirty eight I love that song oh teenagers from Mars and uh, bullet I love those All songs. Right, so those songs so like just so as a just to throw it out there, like I, I've been, 
I'm super excited about this album. I haven't, I haven't been this excited about an album in a long time that we've done. Like, I'm stoked about this. I have so many fucking notes. I've wrote so much shit about this fucking stupid-ass <laughs> band that hate each other that it's ridiculous. And I, I still, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you constantly. I'm going to talk over you constantly. That's like, fine. I'm just going to go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. My throat's a just little dry, so, so go ahead. Just throwing it out there, baby. Okay. Throwing it out there. Um, so you, your, your first one was, you said We Are 138? Uh, we Are 138, yeah. Okay. So obviously that's a banger. Um, yeah. I kind of got, like, I, so, like, also, too, when I'm, when I'm listening to these songs, without doing, like, research, I thought, this song sounds like this band. So I'm going to throw out a bunch of bands here and there. And then just, if you agree, you can say so. If you don't agree, whatever. I don't care. But like okay. this song, We Are 138, reminded me of the song Blue Bayou from Turnstile. And I was like, dude, this, Ooh, fucking, yeah. like, this no, is where they got it. it from, dude. This fucking, this is it, man. <laughs> and Turnstile is like totally a more serious Misfits kind of as a whole. Mm, uh, debatable. Uh, more, no, I, I wouldn't go I don't know. Okay, no. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, but this song specifically reminded I can see me of the inspiration. from Turnstile. Yeah, okay. And so I, I, I always like in songs when there's kind of like a, a slow part that kind of picks up into a harder part or a faster part. And this song does that. This song is fast through and through. However, Mr. Jim, I guess we can go to Mr. Jim too. But Mr. Jim's like slow down in the chorus when he kind of goes from like like the I don't know the sixteenth notes into like the eighths or the fours or whatever it is, but he still kind of keeps the pace going and then goes back into the harder part. I I absolutely love it. I think I think Mr. Besides Danzig's vocals, the drumming is my favorite part of this album. I think it's so fucking cool. When it comes to that, I like his drumming a lot, but I feel like the bass playing is is key on this album too. And, and a lot of like my favorite bass player, Jeff Kresge, his bass plan is very much like these early Misfits records and Misfits is his favorite band. So that totally makes sense. And him being an AFI and writing all the early AFI material, you could definitely hear the Misfits influence, but the bass plan for me is, is pretty key, but Mr. Jim's drumming, I mean, his, his hi-hat work, it's tiresome. That's what I love. Like he, it's fucking, I, it's, it sounds simple, like at first listen, but then you're like, dude, you have to have a lot of stamina to keep that up. I mean, and he's keeping in time. Like he's not, he's not lagging. He's not speeding up. He's, he's locked in. So, and that, and that's that's kind of unique in early punk too. Having a having a drummer locked into the rest of the band because punk is messy music back then. It was very messy and uncoordinated and off time. But I feel like most of this record is pretty pretty good and locked in there. There is one song yeah, that Mr. I thought Jim was kind of a, a mess, but it worked. But on one thirty-eight, I don't know, man. I I think I think Mr. Jim just absolutely kills on this album. There's a lot of he, he, like my two favorite things about drummers now. Like I've gotten into this whole mm-hmm. like thing is is hi hat work and drum rolls. Love them. Okay. Love them. Can't yeah. get enough of them. <laughs> and he is like the master of both. Well, let, let's play. Let's play a little bit of We Are One Thirty Eight because fucking why not? So here it is. We are 
love the pathetic attempt at that that guitar solo. It's no, so that's good. the most amazing guitar solo. I love those solos. There's a couple I, on okay, this whole I, album that I <laughs> fucking love. So okay. amazing. Okay, I, I Misfits have got back. They got back together a couple of years ago. The the classic lineup of the band, I guess you could say. And Doyle, the guitar player, is such a shit guitar player. After like forty years of playing guitar, he's so bad that I watched a live video of them playing this this year in 2019, playing We Are 138, and he couldn't play that part. He could not play <laughs> that solo, and he could not play it in time. I was shocked. I'm like, dude, this is like the easiest fucking thing you could do. You're in front of like 10,000 people or 20,000 people, like, and you've been playing for over 40 years. How? How there's is this possible? There's, there's just like so many tangents I want to go into. They're just like constantly. We're never going to finish this. This is going to be like a 16-hour episode. <laughs> this is never going to finish. Like going in with Doyle, and just from what I read about Doyle, we didn't play on this Doyle, record, by the way. Right before you sent me that video, Doyle. So like just Doyle, Doyle, oh Doyle rules, Doyle, Doyle. And only. <laughs> Doyle and only, Doyle, the fucking greatest and fucking duo. That's how you talk in Jersey. And they, and they both have those, and they have those, they both have those dumb accents too. Doyle, yeah, they sound like idiots because they're not from California. So they sound like dumb, dumb, dumbs. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like everybody on the earth has an accent, unless you're from California. So, no, no, sorry, but take it SoCal, back. SoCal, SoCal, Southern has California. Yeah. No, Southern California is a normal like <laughs> pace of speech you should have, and the rest of the world is is wrong. And okay, that's, that's just the Fair way enough. it is. But Doyle, I feel like, is a very is Doyle. a very humble, shy introverted dude mm-hmm. and that's kind of the the reason for his overcompensation with with the makeup and i mean for god's sakes the guy's chiseled from stone dude he is fucking even ripped. at like a million years he's old like how old is he now he's like, like 50, I, think 60? I think he's either late 40s or early 50s because he's much younger than danzig and jerry oh my god they got because just imagine a bodybuilder that's like 52 years yeah. old and Dude, what goes I will on? Out, I will throw this out there as well. Uh, I used to follow Doyle on Instagram, but I had to stop because he posts way too much. Uh, but he uh, he's a hardcore vegan, and he's been vegan for like 20 something or 30 years or something like that. And he constantly talks about like, you look at me, you, you can get like this by being vegan. Like there's plenty of protein you can eat that's not meat. Like, so he's like a huge advocate for like bodybuilding with, doing it in a vegan way. He even, he's even, like, endorsed by, like, uh, bodybuilding companies, and he has his own, like, customized uh, free weights with, like, his his logo on the weights and, like, a bench, and, like, he has, like, his own, his whole own s- his setup. It's fucking weird. That's crazy. And then not only that, he's dating the singer from Arch Enemy, and she's, a f- she's like, way younger than he is, and she's really, really hot. I mean... I don't know. It's like well, he looks he's like got he's it like going for him right now. Late thirties, though, if that. Yeah, if that. Yeah. But no, even even without his stupid makeup, like he, it, it's insane. <laughs> he's and he's not like jacked. overly buff, or he can't like touch it. Like his biceps don't like go down to his yeah. sides. Like his arms mm-hmm. puff out. Like he's like gonna fight somebody. Like he just looks like a normal guy. That's like he has like a really ridiculously good fit. Yeah, absolutely. But then, like you sent me that interview that he did. With uh, I think it was Loudwire, yeah, and he's just like so humbled. And even when asked about past members of the Misfits that have you know in in the Misfits lore, 
either been <laughs> fired or quit under horrible circumstances. He was like, no, they were they were cool to work with. I loved them. Yeah, they're great. Like had nothing but nice things to say about everybody. Yeah, it's just true. right in that fence and just like <laughs> clearly he could destroy it. and he's fucking huge. He's like what six five, six seven? Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. And then he wears platforms <laughs> on top of it. He's fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, he's a like big a guy that could like suck then, the world in through and his then mouth. There was, in that in that same video you're referencing, there's a question about how I forgot I think it was I forgot the drummer. It might have been Robo, the one of the old drummers during the Danzig era. And he was actually he got he the drummer got so drunk he couldn't play, so Glenn Danzig fired him right there on the spot, at the very beginning of the show, and Doyle ha- escorted. I put that in scare escorted. quotes. He escorted him him off of the stage, and he and the guy in the interview, the guy who was interviewing Doyle, was kind of like questioning him more on it. He's like, "Yeah, I I just escorted him out. Like like he didn't want to go further, but you know he probably beat the." Shit out of him. Yeah, of course. For, he choked for being such him a out. Shit, shithead at that show. Like, semi broke his neck, right. fucking choked him out, threw him out. <laughs> but no, I escorted him. Like, dude, what a humble guy. Yeah. Like, I love it. He, like, he the does seem like a really cool of everybody guy. else in the Misfits. Mm-hmm. Fucking a bunch of dudes. But, but anyway, Especially let's, let's get back to fucking everybody else in the Misfits. Or I guess not everybody else, <laughs> but like Danzig and, and, and only. Oh, yeah, because I mean, we're. I think at this point we're not going to really, really be talking about Doyle very much more because he wasn't in the band at this point. Um, right. But okay, so so back but to Static Age. Um, I, I I do want to bring up how you like how you like the bass playing, um, because mm-hmm. I think that the only reason why I like the bass playing sometimes, and there's there's a there's several tracks where I thought like, wow, this was really fucking cool, but it was more the sound rather than the playing itself. And yeah. I, I don't think that uh, that Only's playing was great, especially, I mean, considering what, that he got his bass guitar, practiced for, what, two months, and then joined the Misfits. So he really didn't even know he what the fuck much, he was yeah. doing. And so you can kind of see that in here, other than the fact that he just plays really fast and really hard. Yeah, and his bass is turned up really high in the mix, too. So I think that's why it stands out more. And I always like that. I mean, like I said, my favorite AFI, AFI is like largely influenced by, by this era of Misfits. And that first AFI record, Answer That and Stay Fashionable, Jeff Kresge's bass is like turned up way high in the mix. And I, it sounds so fucking good, especially when you can write music like that. It's just, it's so rad. So, but I also wanted, while we're on Jerry Only, his introduction to the, or his, his joining the band was kind of interesting because I think it was uh, Franchet, the guitar player, or no, 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 not Franchet. The it was the original guitar player. No, not the, was he guitar or was he Manny? drummer? The drummer, I, Manny. Yeah, was was Manny the guitarist? Well, there was no guitarist. Man, Manny was Danzig played the keyboard. He played the, in lieu the keyboard of the and sang. Yeah. So then, what so did what did the, Manny play? He had to have been did the Manny drummer. Yes. Okay, so. Yeah. So what it was was Manny Manny and Danzig started the band. And Manny's like next door neighbor to his parents or something like that. He was at he was at his house or at his parents' house and he was walking by and he there was a car parked out on the street and he saw that there was a bass guitar in it. He's like, I wonder who that is. So he found out who it was. He knocked on the door and he's like, Is that your bass in the car? And Jerry said, Oh yeah, it is. It's like, Do you want to join my band? And that was it. <laughs> like what a weird turn of fate. Like but that's like literally how like most bands start in your neighborhood, right? When you're kids, it's crazy. 
You just see so, a bass guitar in the car, and you find out whose it is, and you ask them to join the band, and the rest is fucking history. You're, okay, you're so an like, icon. In like going back to kind of the band itself, Danzig was 22 when, when I guess his album was written, came out in 77, 78. Um, only, only, was 18. Only. Franche Coma yes. was 20, and Mr. Jim was 23. So the oldest okay. guy was Mr. Jim, and he was 23, and the youngest guy was only only, only, and only. he was 18. And I think Doyle is like five years younger than, than Jerry, but... Yeah, he hadn't graduated high school yet. Yeah. He was still in high I mean, that's <laughs> like, like, only was grooming him to become a part of the Misfits once he graduated high school. Yeah, and he, even Doyle said that, because they asked him in, in an interview, like, like, how did you learn to play guitar? And he's like, well, I, I joined the band, and, and Danzig and, uh, and Jerry taught me everything taught me how to play guitar, and that was it, and I was in the band. Like, it was as simple as that. Like, it's so weird. But, but I think it's At so the cool. time of this, right, so if Doyle's still in high school, and he's what, like maybe a sophomore, and mm-hmm. his big brother is playing in this band that every year is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, by the time he graduates high school, like, the Misfits have already gained so much popularity in kind of the underground scene that once he kind of integrates himself into the band, like, that's it. Like, you're, you're set, dude. And then he, like, makes this persona. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, what, you, what more do you want from me? What more that's do you want? Bad. Yeah. With the name and the, the makeup, the costume. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, also the Misfits name, it was, uh, I didn't know this until this week, but it was actually... They named the band after Mar- Marilyn Monroe's last movie that she ever made the called Misfits. Misfits. That was also Clark Gable's like, last it movie just too. Seems so, because he died. He died like was days really? or I weeks after the movie, and then Marilyn Monroe, you know, supposedly OD'd yeah. like a year after the movie came out. But yeah, that was like both of their last okay, movies. I didn't know the Clark Gable one, but huh? Crazy. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, and then I forgot to look it up, but I, and, getting, but, and, and then like getting. St- Getting sidetracked into Marilyn Monroe, like I, I had always known she was you know, popular for. I hate to say this, but like not a good reason because she was like a model kind of, and that's just. I don't know. That's silly. No, and no she was also talent. known for being like, but the she mistress also, of the Kennedys. But before that, or during that, maybe even she was married to Joe DiMaggio. She was married to the to um, the playwright Arthur Miller. And I think Arthur Miller mm. wrote The Misfits. Really? I I'm pretty oh, I'm man. pretty you, sure. You you dug deeper than I did. Yeah. I do like like I, I don't oh, know, okay. man. Just sitting out there, just all these like when I talk about tangents, I also like, my finger was like clicking on things. Click, 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 click all the time. That's all I was doing. <laughs> okay. Did your phone catch fire while you were doing all the research? It did heat it up. Well, I did it at night mostly, so it, temperatures now is like low 60s, <laughs> high 50s. <coughs> okay. Craziness. Anyway, um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I forgot actually to do any research on it, but I did want to bring it up. The uh, their, their classic logo. Their classic logo is uh, the Crimson Ghost, right? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. And where I forgot where that's from. What is it? What I got you. Is it from? I got you. Yeah, I, I knew you had it because you did I, a lot of research. Yeah, I did too. But so I actually have, I actually have like a cool anecdote for that as well. Right. Was the first it. time that they actually used the Crimson Ghost logo 
was for a uh, a release party for uh, Horror Business, the song Horror Business. Mm-hmm. And they were playing a show with The Damned at the time. And so in the crowd watching them play this release party for um, Horror Business was none other than Iggy Pop and Debbie Harry was sitting there Ooh. watching them. Shit, that's pretty Like, cool. how far? Who are you, dude? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't under... I just... I don't... Like, ah, oh, dude, I cannot... I cannot understand how a band with, like, no, no precursor to how good they are starts writing music and then starts playing with, like, The Damned. Maybe just because they're on the East Coast. Yeah. And then... Yeah, like, that's probably more than... comes like out and is. watches them... Um, Black Flag starts like opening or not opening for them, but they start opening for Black Flag and like Henry Rollins is, is taking notice. I, I guess maybe like the like the East Coast punk scene of the seventies was very welcoming and very embraceive of each other. That's like the only thing I can yeah. think of because it's just not it's not even fair. It's not. It's not fair. It's not even fair. It's irritating. You know what what I thought was interesting too? I I, I watched an interview that that Danzig did. I think like just a few years ago, like prior to the to this big reunion, um, they were asking about like uh, like club local club shows back in the day, and he, he was talking about CBGBs, and he's like, you know what, fuck that guy who owns the place, like he's he pretty much said like I'll fuck him up. I I I told him to fuck off then, and I'm gonna I'll tell him to fuck off right now too if he's still alive. Said so some shit like that. He's like pretty much saying like he was like the worst person in the world, and then I and then I watched another interview with Jerry Only. And Jerry only was like, oh, yeah, the I think his name was Hilly. Yeah, Hilly, yeah, he was a great guy. He's really awesome, like, singing praises about him. But fucking Glenn Danzig is just ripping on him, just hating him. But I feel like that's how Danzig is. Like, he just fucking hates everyone. It's kind of it's kind of cool and refreshing in a way because he just doesn't give a fuck. He just, he, he just writes music, tours it, goes home, doesn't cause any waves, just just that's it. Like, he doesn't. He's very low profile. And he just doesn't give a fuck Oof. what people think. I feel. Okay. That's so, what I think. okay. So, uh, dude, I, th- there's like so many tangents I need. So, I, 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 I want to go back to the Crimson Ghost, right? Because you had asked where like that kind of came from and and whatever that was. Oh yeah, and we got sidetracked again. I sat on my ass and did nothing but just like look online about this bullshit. But the Crimson Ghost was in 1946. My notes are not. There, it's just mid, it says like mid forties. So I'm thinking 1945, more to 1946. It was a 12 chapter film serial, okay. and that's where they took their so like serial being like episodic stuff. Because back then, I think they don't they don't like always just release movies in the theater. It was like no, like episodes. They were, they were of, of movies. A right? lot of times they were called shorts, like like Three Stooges. They would release the Three Stooges in movie theaters because at the time nobody really had televisions. And, but they would call them shorts, like twenty-two or twenty twenty-two minute shorts. So, but oh, okay. they, but so then they I think be like way short. Yeah. So, and then I think like for um, like action adventure kind of stuff, they would call them serials. Like, or I think they were called serials if they were like like a story with like like a short story, like within like a six or seven episode like thing. You know what I mean? I think that's when it would be called a serial. But okay. like Three Stooges didn't have that; they just had like shorts because none of the episodes were there was no storyline between the episodes. Every episode was a different story. But gotcha. Yeah, anyway, that makes sense. That's kind that's cool. Like, why why did Hollywood stop doing that? That's fucking rad. Because because TV. 
TV came out, and oh, that's true. You could watch Fuck it TV. on TV. Yeah, there's no point in going. To oh, that to see it. like even that like point itself even like kind of brings it home even to the Misfits more of how the Misfits or Danzig and some of his lyrics hates TV so much, and the fact that TV killed like the serial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, Crimson Ghost was a was a 1940 mid 1940s film serial and that's and that's where they got the uh the face from and if you look at some of the posters from that movie you can clearly see the misfits logo which actually is is kind of brings me to like another point of of i think it was only or danzig who have said that the misfits image is more popular than their music yeah i think that's true absolutely oh it totally is yeah, I mean, you see people who have never heard of Misfits rocking the logo, or you'll just see it on like billboards or like tagged somewhere, and you're like, "Oh, I recognize that." I just don't. You don't. You don't. Asso- a lot of people don't associate it with the music. Because I remember even, like I said, the first song I heard was "American Nightmare," and prior to that, I knew the logo. I'd seen the logo a million times prior to that for years before that, but never knew what it was. I thought it was just. I knew it was like for a band. But I didn't know what band, and I didn't know anything about the band at that point. But it's yeah, that that logo, that icon is is insanely popular. See, American Psycho was the first album cover that I recognized. Like, oh, that's the Misfits. Okay. But everything prior to that, as you showed it to me before this week, I maybe could have guessed based on like what they look like. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea it's the Misfits. No idea. Mm-hmm. But it's funny you also brought up CBGB's because that, that was like the first couple shows he ever played was at CBGB's. Yeah. As the Misfits. The iconic venue. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so, man, we, we've talked quite a bit about the, the, the early history of the band. Um, I mean, there's not really much to say about Franchet Coma, the guitar player. He, I don't think he really did much after, the, after this album because... After Static Age, uh, Franchet and Mr. Jim left the band, like shortly after. Um, and yeah, I don't think they really did much after this. So, unless you know more, but I, I can't really find anything. No, it it just seems they left the band to to basically play in other bands. Yeah, and like you always see that as just like, dude. <laughs> What did what what were you thinking? Like, what did, yeah. what did well, you, I mean, why? So so the the backstory behind the the album Static Age was that at the time Glenn Danzig he had his own record label called Blank Records, uh, and Mercury Records wanted to start start like a subsidiary label called Blank Records, uh, and they they started one, but they didn't know that Danzig held the trademark to it. And when they found out, Danzig tried to sue. And uh, and they they said you know let's strike a deal, and Danzig said give me thirty hours of studio time for free and I'll give you the trademark to Blank Records, and that thirty hours of studio time is when they recorded this entire album Static Age, and because it was done in in such a short amount of time they weren't able to to record the tracks or the instruments individually, so they just got in a room together, mic'd all the instruments up, and played the entire album live. And that's what you hear right here is 30 hours of studio time created this record. I think that's remarkable. But then Absolutely. when they it's finished amazing. it, when they finished it, they weren't, they couldn't find, a, or Danzig couldn't find a label who wanted to release the album and he didn't have the money to release it on his own. 
so they shelved it. They didn't do anything with this album. And then eventually they, they went into the studio again, recorded a bunch of songs, uh, which were dubbed the 12 Hits from Hell. And they ended up scrapping that and shelving that. And then they went back into the studio again and recorded Walk Among Us and released that. So their entire early history, that whole three-year span is very weird because they literally recorded two albums but never released them until 20 years later. It's so weird. But yeah. it's just right now, like like hi, people say, hindsight's always like twenty twenty, and the fact that Mercury Records was like, "Hey, dude, we we're interested in your record label more than we are you." Yeah. So it's insane. Not only to will think we about. pay you for studio time, but when your album is like finished and you think it's finished, we're not even going to release it because, like, clearly they had no intention of releasing the Misfits because they were into other no. things at the time, and just like to think that. Like the missed opportunity for Mercury Records is just, mm-hmm. it, I don't know, it's mind blowing. It really mind is. Mind blowing. Yeah. And like Mercury uh, Records, like they're, they're still doing stupid shit. Who, I mean, I haven't heard Mercury I, Records. We're talking, in a we're long talking time. Island Records, Virgin EMI, and then like all this yeah. other bullshit that they do. I think they even do, they're even, or Def Jam is a part of Mercury Records too. Really? Okay. Well, Fuck him. So who, I don't know, dude. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you guys doing? Clearly, what are you doing over there? Yeah, but uh, but yeah, Static Age. This album. I mean, I'm sure if anybody's listening to this album uh, and is a huge Misfits fan, we might be missing something. I mean, I was kind of like a casual Misfits fan. Jeff didn't really know anything about them prior, so we're kind of learning along the way and learning things. So, uh, if nobody knows, Glenn Danzig. Mm-hmm is the songwriter for for this era of Misfits. He wrote everything. He did everything. He brought everything to the studio, had showed the band what to play. They played it. That's it. That's all. And then Danzig went back and did like over guitar overdubs and all that kind of stuff. But like on the latter record, latter records. But yeah, it's this is all Danzig, which is even more remarkable considering he's like, you would never think this man can write this kind of music. It's crazy. You know, I, I, I think like the reason why, and it's sad because it's it's so against like what I am and who we are as a podcast. But for so many years, I've disliked the Misfits because I've always thought that like Danzig was kind of a dick, and just and and you know like he, I don't know, mm-hmm. he's just kind of an asshole, and, and, and he's always like in a legal battle with 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 Jerry only only only. only. I'm telling only. you, man, it's weird. And I've always thought, you know, like, Danzig, just let it go, dude. And then, like, the more I read about what he put into this album, the more I understood it was all the him. pride he took. But it's not only just, like, the songwriting, but just, like, the marketing. The guy was, like, a one-man marketing machine, like a master of promotion. We're talking, like, he mm-hmm. did all of the posters for, like, any time they played a show, any poster that was done was either painted, decorated, colored, all the artistic work was done by him. All of the artwork yeah. in the time was done by him. All of the pictures that were taken were taken by him. Everything was done by him relentlessly. And then he set up everything with like distributors, distributors, mm-hmm. distributors, even so f- distributors, even so far as like taking <laughs> his personal vehicle and driving records to various record stores in lieu of the distributors saying, like, hey, we'll get it out on Monday. He's like, no, I want it out today, on Friday. So he would take his car and drive to every single record store 
you know, 10, 15 record stores a day just to put his Misfits album out there, Misfits EP out there, just so people could hear it. Like the guy was relentless. And so that puts more kind of like his uh, his his behavior into context in regards to like, hey dude, you're using my fucking name. Like the Misfits is Danzig. Yeah, it is, absolutely. And he just allowed only to continue using the name. As if like Bradley Knoll was somehow still alive and said, hey yeah, you know, Rome, you could still do... The, the sublime shit, but like that's my shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Like that's much the same as Danzig. That that's his. This is his baby. But Danzig like, he's did put it. So much effort into it. Danzig did it right though. When he let when he let Jerry continue on with the name, he said, "Okay, you can go out there, use the name, play my songs, but I get a good chunk of the merchandising rights. Merch, baby. The merch, because that is where you make the fucking money is merch and touring. That's what sells. But he knows. Especially now. But he knows, Danzig knows that, okay, he knows that Jerry's going to go out there, do all the touring, do all the work, get the name out there, keep the name alive, and Danzig doesn't have to do shit. He could just sit back and get all the money because everybody's going to go out and buy Misfit shirts, Misfit dolls, albums. Because, you know... Hardcore Misfit fans, they buy every repress of all of their fucking albums. Yep. And it's, God damn, it's good. It's so good. Smart man. Good for him. But yeah, but, but yeah like prior to this week, I've, I've always thought Danzig was a douchebag. But now I think not only is he an entrepreneur, I think he's just holding on to like what he feels is actually his baby. And I don't blame him at all. I, I think he's entirely 100% correct in every decision that he's made. Yep. Yep, yep. I agree with you. It's also fun to note that he also was in a band prior to, prior to the Misfits called Who Dat and Boo Jang with <laughs> Mr. Jim. Did they have, did they put out any music? I don't know. It's not on Spotify. Was that ever? So, no, I don't think so. So you didn't even bother? <laughs> <laughs> if it's not on Spotify, I do little little research after that. <laughs> Okay, well, let, let's get into another song off of. Um, oh, actually, because we we were we did play one. We are one thirty eight. I want to tell something did really we stupid. One song. Yeah, uh, the song we are one thirty eight. It's one of my favorites, but we already played it. But there's an In and Out uh, burger right near my house, and they all have num all the all the In and Outs have their own number, like the store number, and it's like displayed at the restaurant. And the In and Out near me is one thirty eight. So when you go through the really? drive-thru, you can see, yeah, and you can see the big one, the number 138. It's like on the big refrigerator in the kitchen, and you can see it from the drive-thru. That's so, awesome. so I'm a dumbass, and I don't know why I do it, but every time I go through the drive-thru, I play this song just to see if anybody says anything, and not once has anybody said anything. So I just want to throw that little, <sighs> little piece of info out there. See, like, so. is it the one off of Imperial and La Palma? Yeah. Yeah, that one's one thirty. That one's one thirty eight. Mm-hmm. See, well, like, well, you, like the older you get, until like, and, and then transition into like the dad joke era, you could actually go inside and be like, "Hey, are you guys one thirty eight? And if they were like a, a, a legit call and answer, they'd be like, "We are one thirty eight. Oh, dude, that'd be like, so that would good. be legit. That <laughs> would be, be like so end dumb. all. Like, you, end your life because nothing else could be better than that. Oh, Fuck! I'm gonna so I'm gonna email that I'm gonna email that store I'm gonna email that store and tell them about this. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't even care. Oh god. 
Okay. One more um, thing about 138. One more thing about okay, 138. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Again, this is going to be a long episode. One more thing about 138 is there was a lot of, I, I, I read a lot of different things about where that name, that number came from. But my favorite thing that I read about it was um, basically they made up these badges for themselves, the Misfits did, and they wrote 138 on it. And it was, the badge was like a, like a robot. It was like a, like a robot badge. Mm-hmm. And it had the number 138 on it. And the idea was that it was completely random. And when somebody asked them, hey, what does that mean? What they would do was like, you don't know what that means? And be <laughs> real snobby and douchebag about it to make the person <laughs> like asking feel stupid for even not knowing what 138 was. I think that's I awesome. know. I like, I like that a lot, too. And there's a lot of like um, a lot of talk amongst fans, like what the song is about. Because nobody has really said what the song is about. Uh, and all Danzig has, had, has ever said about it, just quote, "It's about violence." That's what. That's what he said the song is about. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? And people have all these theories. Like, like one of the theories is that it's a reference to George Lucas's THX 1138, and that it's about war. Um, I, I, that's kind of my thing. I think it's like a, like a, like a way, like a protest song almost, like saying how ridiculous war is and. All that—that's kind of my theory on it, but whatever. Yeah, I, I just like his Dan Zig's response. It's about violence. <laughs> it's about so violence. good. Such like a uh, generic thing to say. Yeah. The most generic thing to say. Yeah, it's great. Okay, what was your other? What was your other favorite song? That was your uh, first favorite song. And Teenagers from Mars. Solid song. Oh my god, that song's so good. I'm gonna play. Don't get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Here's Teenagers from Mars. It. That's teenagers from Mars, from Misfits. Oh man, that that is that is a beyond catchy song. I love it. So good. It's like a like a I don't know man like a timeless punk classic. Mm-hmm. I feel like like that that almost call and answer teenagers from Mars and the we don't care part yeah. like the back and forth. I, I I don't know man. I I just feel like that's what every punk band of the 70s and 80s era wanted to achieve. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That, and then a shout out to Arizona. <laughs> I know. Zona. The song the song is pretty graphic too. Lyrically, it's pretty graphic. Uh, but what it's about is is kind of you know aliens landing on Earth and destroying the human race, but in like all the worst ways, like the most graphic ways, and the way he explains things like like raping people and and it's 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 for that time period. That's very it was very graphic, and I, nobody talks about it. I feel nobody talks about this part of Misfits and the craziness of Danzig's lyrics, which I'm sure we're going to get into more on other songs, but yeah, yeah I don't know if you felt there, the same way as me on that. There's definite other songs that I feel are more first person kind of graphic. This song I, I think is just, it's just a, a cool homage to all the B movies of that era and all the B movies yeah. that Danzig loves. And I think he's writing in that persona. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to like, like Last Caress, which I think is is uh, is it Last Caress? Yeah, Last Caress for sure. I think is like the most gnarliest thing, and then Theme from a Jackal, Theme for a Jackal, is also a pretty uh, like lyrically. I think it's the heaviest song, but Teenage from Mars. I think it's just he's he's writing in in kind of like the vein of of, of like a cool B horror movie. So I think yeah, that's very why it's kind of played off as goofy. Yeah. But it's definitely the first, violent. The it, first half of the album is pretty tame lyrically, but the second half is when it gets kind of intense and kind of like unnerving in a way. Like, is this kind of how Danzig views real life at this time? Or is this kind of like a like his kind of take on society and how people act in society at this time? It's kind of weird. See, what I love... What I love about Danzig and this era, I mean, just like real quick, I think that this Teenage from Mars is like a cool Violent Femmes kind of uh, vibe to it, especially like in their early, I don't know, like prior to the Kiss Off album. Mm -hmm. their, I, I, I think that was, their, no, that was their first album, sorry. After their first album in before their Why Do Birds Sing album, mm -hmm. this has a very Violent Femmes like sound to me. Yeah. Um, but I think Danzig... Again, like he was what he was twenty two when supposedly this album was supposed to be released, and when he wrote these songs, and so he was still young enough to remember what it's like to be in your teens and be shit on by all of society, because no matter what decade you're in, nobody likes teenagers, right? Like teenagers are the fucking worst, especially yeah, in suck. your late teens, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Like they're the fucking worst. Nobody like I don't even like them. I didn't like myself. And so I think. I was an idiot. I think Danzig is still he's still young enough to identify with them, but older but, enough to realize like this is why people hated us is because we think this way. But like the like the overarching problem is like why are you thinking this? Why do you feel this way? And still mm -hmm. today, nobody cares. Like nobody cares why teenagers feel the way they do. Like people just say, "Oh, it's a phase. You'll get through it." You know, once you hit 19, 20, you'll, you'll get over it. It's like, well, dude, that makes like for a horrible, horrible three years of my life. That's awful mm -hmm. that people just say, and instead of like, like discussing the root of my problems, people are just giving me the end result, and that's irritating. And I think this is a good song to kind of, I don't know, address that problem thinking just, hey, teenagers are from Mars, right? Because wasn't, wasn't it like a big book? In like the 90s or 2000s, or women are from Mars and men are from no. Venus or something like that. 
Men wrong are here? from Mars. Men are men are from Mars. Women is, women are from Venus. Okay. Was that like in the, was that like a nineties? I, I think it was fuck, a 90s. It was, that was very nineties. It was it was planets. I don't know planets. You don't know are the planets in our planets? solar system? Pluto's not even a planet anymore. No, it is. The it's moon a moon or again. something. No, no, it, it's a planet again. They that, deemed it that, a planet that again. That line, that line, it's a planet again. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't even care. I don't even care. Wait, okay. I, why am I even learning about Pluto? Why That's am I important. even mad? Why am I yelling? I don't know why you yell. I opened up a piranha, so just so okay. you know. So what song, what is your favorite song off of this record? I think Angel Fuck is my, uh, is my favorite song. Just because that was like the first one you heard? I, honestly, I, I, that was part of it. And when I re-listened to this album, I mean, that's not to say that I, like other songs are just not, they don't interest me. It's just I think this song perfectly encapsulates the sound of the horror punk, right? Because horror punk is is kind of mixing mm-hmm. like the the themes of B horror movies or even just horror movies in general, but also kind of coinciding with punk music and like fifties doo wop. And this yeah. song is absolutely yeah. perfect vocally. Should I just play? There it is quick? no better song on the album. Well, fact, eh, maybe. I, I don't know. Fact. Let's hear, let's hear "Angel Fuck" real quick. So here here it is by. Uh, What are you? Oh my god! Like this song is better than a lot of doo-wop songs. This song is better than a lot of punk songs. This song is better than just—I don't know—every song ever made. Not, real, not really. <laughs> no about that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you just snorted there. Die. Die. Yeah. Die. <laughs> Instead of did I, I'm gonna say die. 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 I feel like Angel Fuck Two is uh is one of the more aggressive songs on the album, which is weird because he has his crooning and his voice is like the most melodic, but everything else is just just driving along, just really really powerful and aggressive. Which is I th- I thought that was a cool little little thing going on in the song. And, and like so good for just, him on that. It's a very like poppy kind of upbeat song, but I think the lyrics are just about like a dude. Falling in love with a with like a prostitute, right? And getting yeah, mad that she's like that's fucking what I other dudes. Forgot. 
Yep. But then, okay. kind of like understanding and understanding why, though, like he, it was, it's almost like he's conflicted in the song too, about how he feels. Like he doesn't want to love her because of who or what she does. I, I don't know. It's it's, just, it's like a very it's a very. Uh, there's a lot of songs on this album that I think are very ahead of their time, because nowadays, if somebody mm-hmm. does it, it's kind of like oh, it's been done. It's been done. Well. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk and and for everybody, and so if, if somebody sings a song now about falling in love with a prostitute, it's like well that's been done. Then you think like well when has it been done in like the 2000s and the 90s and the 80s? Yeah, this was the 70s, and there are other songs in here that we'll talk yeah. about that like hey this has been done, this has been done, this has been done. But like dude, this was like the fucking 70s. Like this dude who just did this in crazy. Yeah, it's true. It's a great song though. It's it's an iconic song. Also, so. this was covered by um, Volbeat live, and they did a fantastic fucking job singing the song. By who? Who was it again? Volbeat. The oh, Volbeat. The okay. Finland or Danish or where the fuck they're from? Yeah, I don't think I've heard that cover, but okay, I'll yeah. take your word for it. It's good. I have a lot of covers in Actually, here too. Let, let, let's get into let, let let's get into a couple of covers before we get more into it. Um, some notable covers uh, and and influence and bands who have been influenced. So like, like I mentioned several times, uh, AFI, they they are wildly influenced by this band as well as Danzig. I mean, the first like ten years of the band, Davey Havoc was trying to be Glenn Danzig. The way he performed on stage, the way he dressed, the way he held the microphone was Danzig. He even he had the devil lock like like Danzig did. He was a Danzig ripoff for better or worse. Um, and so they used to cover Last Caress a lot. Uh, they even re-recorded, I mean, they, they recorded a version of Last Caress, but they recorded and released a version of, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, like Demon Mania? Demon, Demon Nina? I don't remember how it's pronounced, but yeah, they, they did a cover of that. So, I mean, they're, they're highly influenced by the band. Um, Metallica is another one. Metallica, they've always cited their biggest influences were Misfits, Motorhead, um, and like other 1960s music, which is really weird considering Metallica is very much heavier than those two bands, Motorhead and especially Misfits. So uh, that's kind of cool. And they, they, like most of their shows, they play a Misfits song, at least one. And it's usually either Last Caress or Green Hell they play a lot as well, which is kind of cool. I don't know. Did you listen to that one? That cover? I listened to the last caressed one, not the not the other one. Or is that like a like a combo? Like a medley? Yeah, they usually play them like one after the other. Oh, okay. No, not a medley. They just play them like one after the other without stopping. So but yeah, they uh they they're really influenced by them. But a really surprising one, a couple surprising ones were uh, Green Day. They did an interesting live cover. Just because it's Green Day, it just seems weird. Um I thought it was okay. If hybrid they did hybrid moments. I think you'd agree it was just an okay cover, right? Yeah, it was fine. I, I had nothing bad to say about it. Nothing really great to say yeah. about it, but it was always good. I, yeah, I feel kind of like burnt out on Green Day and like just the disappointment with Green Day. So it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if I could ever say anything good about Green Day again. Like, even if it's good, like I don't, I don't know. I'm just Green Day's just one of those bands that like they they grew up in the scene. And by the scene with quotation marks, I mean like the punk scene. So they know what it's like to be in the punk scene, but they're so far lost into like the glitz and the glamour 
that I don't think they mm-hmm. could ever come back to their old stomping grounds. And no matter what they do, even though they have the knowledge, they know where they've come from, they know everything about it. I just don't think that they can ever they can ever step foot in those kind of uh those circles again. Yeah, I, th- They're I think they're too right lost. With that one. Mm-hmm. Like after Anakin killed all the younglings, like there was no <laughs> turning back. Like that's it. Green Day has <laughs> killed true. the younglings. That's it. <laughs> it's the equivalent. Well, the most surprising cover, and I forgot about this until today. Uh, I think it was today that you put the notes in here. Um, Blink-182, back in 2014, and I think back in 2003 they did it as well, but they, they covered Hybrid Moments live, and they did this cover uh, at the big Reading and Leeds Festival in the UK, like one of their biggest shows they've ever played. So I do want to play it because it's kind of bad, but it's still kind of charming because Tom sings it, not Mark, <sighs> when Mark should be the one singing it. But uh, yeah, so here it is, the Blink's version of uh, Hybrid Moments. There's Blink's version of Hybrid Moments. It's good stuff. So what did you think of that cover? Did I, you hate it? Did you love it? I, I mean, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a solid cover. I thought they did a great job. I thought Travis did a good job at not being Travis. And I thought everything about it was yeah. just really, really good. And I thought it gave Blink some kind of, um, almost like a backstory. Because we always we always like talk about Blink and how like pop punk bands are influenced by Blink and how Blink like set the the stage for other other bands, but we never talk about like Blink's influences. And so to see Blink cover the Misfits was really cool. It was it it, it, it kind of yeah, it, it, it gave them some like humility, as opposed to just always them being, you know, God's gift to this earth as as what at that period in time. They kind of like felt about themselves, and it was kind of cool. And I, I, yeah. I dug and also, it. they rarely play; they rarely cover songs, especially live. It's it's very rare that they do that. So, of all the songs to play, like I'm surprised they didn't go for like a Descendants cover or something like that. But they went with Misfits, which was surprising. Yeah, it was Still good. Cool. Still cool stuff. It's good. It was a good cover yeah. for a good song. And um, I mean, if you want to get into hybrid moments real quick, we could do that. I don't know what you want to do. But, yeah, uh, might as well. Yeah, let's let's get into that real quick. What do, what do we got? Uh, Obvi hybrid moments is a banger. That's clear as day. Um, I am the avalanche. I feel like has taken a lot from the misfits. And now that I've heard the misfits, I I pick out because I'm I'm a huge I am the avalanche fan, and I think their music is phenomenal. Yeah. And so now that I've listened to the Misfits, I I can hear like holy shit, dude! Like this part they've done in this song, and specifically like this song reminds me a lot of from their first album, their song "I Took a Beating," 
a lot of similarities between those two songs. And I think it's really cool now that I get to enjoy not only the Misfits, but my favorite bands kind of all over again with like a new perspective. And I'm super excited <laughs> about that. That's cool, yeah. It, it is it is really remarkable how many bands have taken from this from Misfits and how people only really t- ever talk about like Ramones and The Clash and stuff like that. But uh, honestly, like Misfits are highly underrated. I think they are. Minus like their image, like they're mu- musically, they're they're really underrated. I would agree. But what are you gonna do? I would agree too. This and, song's kind uh, of a mess, though. Do, do you think like this? I don't know the recording and the sound of it. It just of I, that song or just the like no the like album hybrid moments whole? like specifically. The album of the whole is is kind of the same way, but hybrid moments specifically like there's just a lot of spikes from the bass and the guitar sound and and yeah. and the vocals is is, is kind of quiet in in some places and. I, I mean, I, I see what you mean, but I think that's just, you know, them rushing to to make this album. I, I don't think it was, it was just them in a hurry. That's all it was to me. But I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't take those kind of like the spikes and, and the, the weird mixing as a fault. I feel like it adds character to this. Yeah, for sure. To this entire record. So the song was also covered by the Bouncing Souls too. Oh really? I didn't know that. I'm, okay. I'm one of their like early 2010 albums or EPs or whatever. They did a lot of cover songs. It was okay. okay. A lot slower than this, and kind of, kind of disappointing that they didn't speed it up halfway through, as you would expect from like the Bouncing Souls. But it was still solid. Yeah, but the Bouncing Souls are kind of like a slower band now. Yeah. Like they they don't play yeah. they don't play music as fast as they used to. Nah. But, uh. Lyrically, I don't know what the fuck it's about. I couldn't figure it out, and but that's fine. We can. But that's fine. I think there are other, <laughs> there are other moments, there are other moments on this record that I think lyrically are are interesting to say the least. Ooh, moments, if not kind of fucked up. Hybrid moments, moments. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Another one of my favorites is "Bullet." I I think that song, it's a really good song. It's catchy, and the structure of the song is very unusual. The lyrics are very unusual. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed, but if you look at the structure of the song Bullet, there it there's no verse, no chorus. There's nothing. It's just him blowing through it. Just right. Just telling, telling a story, essentially. And it's weird because the song is about the JFK assassination. And then kind of like halfway through, he starts talking about how... Jackie, o- Jackie Onassis, Jackie Kennedy needs to like get on her knees and like suck his dick and and lick the cum from his hand and it it gets super graphic and very very weird really quick and I didn't know anything about that song about li- about what it was lyrically because I honestly I never know what the hell Danzig is saying I can't understand him ever and I don't know but it, it's still a catchy as hell song. So I, I, I think you might agree with me on that one. I mean, I songs a banger, like through and through, for sure, one hundred percent. And when I when I was looking into the lyrics, I mean, first of all, this song was made just to offend people, and dating back prior yeah, to, I guess, like during the recording of these songs, like the EP that was released, where there was four songs from Static Age, that but they were released as an EP, and Bullet was the main song, and there was just like a bunch of B sides to Bullet. 
and I can't remember what the other three songs were, but the the cover art for this was JFK kind of in a black and white format and then a red splat coming out the side of his head as if imitating when the bullet Mm -hmm. entered and exited through his head. So, like, this song was made to offend. Like, there's no other reason the lyrics are like this other than just to piss people off. And I think, not knowing too much about history of Jackie O, but after JFK was killed, she eventually went on to marry another big, powerful man. And so I think this was kind of like a fuck you to Jackie O in the sense that she didn't really love JFK. She just loved the power and and the notoriety she got from being married to a big, powerful man. And I think that's yeah, that's fucking rad. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand if that was like the meaning behind the song, but regardless, I mean, it's pretty. It's probably the most obscene song on the on the whole record. It's pretty insane. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's pretty catchy. So I'm just gonna play it. It's good because I want to offend everybody in the world. So here's Bullet. <laughs> Misfits. Words are like bullets. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Oh boy. Okay. So, what what are some other bangers for you? Unless you want to talk about Bullet a little bit more. Um. I mean, Bullets. I I I feel like we've covered. Like these songs aren't aren't inherently deep to where we could talk about them for hours and hours and hours. They're all fairly similar in style. It's just a little like kind of like like the nuances that are different between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think theme from theme for a jackal, attitude, and then uh, come to fly, or return to fly, and last caress are the ones that I think are are a little bit more notable than others. Mm-hmm. In that sense, I think so pretty much every other song we haven't talked about. Well, I mean, she, there's fucking Hollywood Babylon, Come Back. There's a lot of songs in here, shit face. But Theme for a Jackal, (laughs) I think, is solid because I think lyrically this is like the darkest, heaviest song on the album. Like, just to think that, like, for me, when I was reading this, I thought that the Jackal itself is basically just feeding off of misery and... 
he's just listing off like the most fucked up shit that could possibly happen and saying, oh, that's just that's just food for the jackal. That's food for death. That's food for whoever, whatever like death icon you believe in or think that is real. Mm-hmm. Like this is what's going on. And I think that was that was some pretty heavy shit. Yeah, it was. Definitely was. I think that sounds a banger. I agree with you on that. It is a banger. Should I play it? Um, I mean, I'll, if it was up to me, I would play every single song on this album. But again, <laughs> we don't have to do that. Okay, we're gonna, we'll play it because you're being a little weasel about it. So here it is. Theme for a jackal. There's a little bit of a theme for a jackal, but yeah, it's a pretty dark song. And you know what's weird? Musically, I feel like it's one of the most upbeat songs with the keyboards and just it's it's a little bit more down tempo than the rest of the album, but it literally has the darkest lyrics on on the entire record. I thought that was interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! I heard that one. <laughs> I I think the most upbeat bass line comes from come, come back. Um, it's like the a very just. I, I feel like every band that is in this style of music has are done that bass line. I doubt that that's even like their bass line, because I feel like that's dating back to like the fifties. But um, come back. Well, go, the, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the the comeback song. It, it is the longest song on the record. It's over five minutes long. Uh, but it, I feel like it's not only because of the length, but I feel like it's the the black sheep of the album, to where it sounds very much like a um, like a uh, a song from like the '60s. Like it doesn't sound like a, a punk song. It's it's very. It kind of reminds me of the Doors a little bit. Oh, I wrote it's, that right here. I have it. It, in it there. does. It reminds me of that. So is it Danzig channeling his inner Jim Morrison? Yeah. Question as much mark, as I don't want to say mark. it. As much as I don't want to say that, but yeah, he does though. There are there are he plenty does, yeah. of times on this album where his vocals and kind of like their jam sound is reminiscent of the Doors. And like this song, because it's so long, towards the end of it, it kind of goes into that, like, hey, let's get faster and faster and faster, like L.A. Woman, like some of the Doors stuff that we've done on the podcast before. Like it sounds like that. Yeah. And it's fucking rad. And that bass line, it's, it's, like, it's classic shit, man. It's so poppy. It's so amazing. But the, the end of that bass line riff ends with this like chord strum, but it's a minor mm-hmm. chord. And it starts from the high E and goes downward. So you get that like 
like that screeching of the high E all the way down to like the low E of the guitar, and it kind of offsets the poppiness of the bass line. I think it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Like musically, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It's fucking so cool and it's so nuanced and it's so rad. Huh. Way beyond its time. Okay, let's pl- let's play some of Come Back. Not the whole thing because that's it's five minutes. I'm not gonna do that. So here it is, this one. Anybody out there who wants to listen to the entire thing, go check it out. That was Comeback by The Misfits. One of so Jeff's favorite good. songs on the record. He I loves it. I, 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 I just like love like the, the music in it. I think it's so... I think it's like musically their best song on the album. Yeah, it's one of the best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially with like that. Mr. Jim coming in so hard with that, that drum beat in the beginning, but then immediately toning it down once the music kind of comes in mm-hmm. and then further toning it down more and more and more once the vocals and the full band come in and then towards the end kicks it back up again. Like the dude knows exactly what to do and when to do it. He's like Kobe. Yep. He's like Kobe. <laughs> like Kobe knows what to do, when to do it. Nah. He's nah. not a good coach. He's not a good leader. He just... Like, hey, dude, tell me what to fucking do, when to do it, and I will do it better than anyone's ever done it. Okay. Done. That's giving Mr. Jim a lot of credit. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I can't agree with you on this one. That gives him way you're too right, much you're credit. Right. Comparing him to the greatest basketball player that's <laughs> ever lived, you are right. You are correct. Yeah. I mean, he's he's an interesting drummer for this band, but a good drummer for this band, but, I mean, overall, yeah, he's not. Another, he's another, no Kobe. Another fun fact about Mr. Jim was he actually opened a record shop in Belleville, Belleville, New Jersey in 2008. So if you're ever in the Jersey area in Belleville, go check out his Joy-Z. record shop. Yeah, go do it. I don't know the name of it. I, for, I, I read that too. I just don't remember the name of it. Maybe it's but, Mr. Jim's um, Misfits record shop. I don't know. <laughs> He'd probably get sued by Danzig for that. Um <laughs> Uh, let's get into uh, what, do you, what else do you want to get into, dude? There's so we many covered like, a lot of like literally. Hold on. So like as we talk, I delete words that we've said for my for my doc, so we don't repeat them. And so I'm still at over 500 words right here. So uh, I have I have another cool. I have like I have a couple cool stories from the Misfits that I've that I've read. Okay. 
um, Let's get up into until it. the point of like the 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 eighty three split. Was it eighty three? Eighty three split. Yeah, it was eighty three. Yeah. Okay, so um, while on tour, kind of in England, because he went on tour with with um, somebody, but it wasn't clear on whether or not they're actually going on tour. Fuck, I should have wrote down the band's name. And so the Misfits actually went on tour in England with this other band, Band X. But Band X didn't think that Misfits were serious. So when the Misfits showed up, they were like, oh, shit, sorry, dude. We didn't think you were serious. We don't actually have proper combinations or anything for you. And so the Misfits were, like, scrambling to, to play shows and shit. And it was a complete shit show, and they were fucking furious. And this was in, like, the late 70s, yeah. early 80s. And so while on this tour, that's why I said kind of, um, Danzig got into a fight with a bunch of skinheads. Um, and eventually, this was also when Bobby Steele had just joined the band. And so mm-hmm. um, while they were fighting, Bobby left to go call the police. Danzig had broke a bottle and got this huge piece of glass to kind of fend the skinheads off. This is according to like Exclaim in this article that I read. Um, and so when the police... Explain. That's what Josiah writes. For yeah, I, I don't want to say it because I, I knew we were in 155 it. But so when the police came, they, uh, they saw Danzig and, and everybody. They dismissed the skinheads because they were locals, of course. And so God forbid mm-hmm. we arrest fucking douchebag neo-Nazis and things like that. So they were, they were dismissed. And so it was basically just Danzig and the police. And so as they're arresting Danzig, they found a razor, a razor blade in his pocket. And they thought he was the uh, the Ripper, right? And so then I was like, "What the fuck is the Ripper?" And so I, I, I researched that? I researched more into the Ripper, and I could only find Jack the Ripper. Like, no, there's no fucking way. They they confused him with a guy that lived hundreds of years prior, or hundred so, years prior, yeah. So so further research into this, I found out they thought he was Peter Sutcliffe. He was the Yorkshire Ripper. And he was nine, oh, okay. nine or ten years older than Danzig, but they thought that he was him because they had not caught Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, until 1981. And so they were still looking for him. And I don't want to get too much into this guy because I hate talking about serial killers because they shouldn't get, like Census Fail says, like I don't know why we talk about the, the you know the fucking serial killers because they shouldn't get the fame because they're douchebags. So I don't want to talk too much. If you want to look into them, look them up yourself. Don't care. But they thought that he was him, and basically started huh. fucking his shit up. Started pummeling this shit out of him. So what does Danzig do? He starts swinging back. <laughs> this, like, <laughs> this article goes on to basically go and and Danzig saying that he's like choking cops out. He's punching cops <laughs> in the face while simultaneously getting beat to shit. And so eventually they end up wow. in jail, and they all go to jail, and they're all, they all spend a couple nights in jail, released, not a big deal, whatever, because he's not the Yorkshire Ripper. But that's an amazing yeah. story. And that perfectly, That is like, pretty insane. That, that, that shows just who the Misfits were in like the late 70s and early 80s, because everything yeah. else that I read about them, they're, they were insane. Like They lived that punk rock insane life, and that's yep. who they were. And and Danzig would just fight fans on the stage. Like if somebody looked at him wrong or said something to him, he would just like attack him, like 
<laughs> like without hesitation. Even like recently, like uh, what was it a year ago or two years ago? There was a fan that took a picture of him after he said like, "Don't take a picture of me. I don't want my picture taken." And the guy still took a picture, and he Danzig attacked the guy, like beat him so, up. Whoop! That's it. It's like what the fuck, <laughs> that's, dude? It, that's it. That's <laughs> like all. I warned you. I I gave you a warning. You defied me. I'm gonna beat you up. See, like, like I I don't I don't know if that comes into play of of Danzig being full in this full of himself and pompous or if that's just like his personality so like hey dude like we're out here playing a show for you like respect what yeah. i say and if you don't respect what i say then there's going to be problems because they're from jersey right and i've only been in new yeah. york a couple times and i've seen a bunch of movies that are based in new york so i feel like people that are from the east coast take shit very very personal yeah, that's we true. have a we have a friend of the pod that actually lives in the East Coast. So if I'm wrong, then then shout out, <laughs> shout out. Let me know. Yeah, let me know, uh, baby boy. But yeah. um, I don't know, Do man. Let us know if he if he still listens. I don't know. Also, it is it is it is fun to know. I read another story that when when Bobby Steele first joined the band, they did a couple shows um, right after the Jonestown massacre happened, where everybody you know fucking 900 people drank the Kool Aid during their show. They used to just <laughs> dump purple Kool-Aid all over the audience as kind of like a joke. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't hear that. And, uh, uh, like, like making fun of the <laughs> Jonestown <laughs> Massacre. So when you're that type of band, it is not, it, it's not like unheard of of people to like throw shit at you. And that's like a common thing yeah. with the Misfits in the 80s and 90s of people to throw bottles, throw food, throw trash at the band. Yeah. In like a, like a fun way, but then it turns in, obviously yeah. nothing starts off fun. <laughs> it escalates really quickly. Esca- yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, this band's fucking amazing. Oh, Dude, this great. band's so amazing. Like everything about them is so awesome. Love it. I, I'm shocked that, that, you, it. that you like them this much. Uh, let's play another song and then we'll, we'll wrap it up and, uh, and then head on our way. Because we're like two hours deep right now on this episode. So Whatever you want to do, kid. I again, um, I, I go for when, hours. <laughs> you want to you want to wrap it up with "Last Caress"? Does that sound good? Uh, let's with see a really violent here. song. <laughs> Last Caress. Yeah, I mean, I I think you put in the notes too. Like, is Danzig a douchebag for some of the lyrics? Um, yeah, I think "Attitude" is probably the douchiest song on the album. Oh, um, absolutely. Just, just talking yeah. about beating up a girl because she talks back. I think is. It's fairly douchey, right? Even by today's standards, yeah, it's, especially it's in today's standards. Yeah. yeah, especially in today's standards. Like, like lyrics on this album would not fly nowadays if they came out, if somebody wrote these lyrics today. I mean, it would just be a shit show. I I but did think it was funny it because was, Guns and Roses did cover Attitude, and I thought that was uh, it was a good cover too. It was solid. I liked it, but it was very mm-hmm. fitting because Guns and Roses are a bunch of douchebags. Yeah, but not in like a cool way that the Misfits were, but. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, gonna do? they're talking <laughs> about beating up girls. I don't know if that's cool, but oh yeah, n- nothing's good about that. No, I yeah, there's nothing great about good about that at all. Uh, so anyway, let let's get into another violent song. Uh, wrap it up. This is a uh, last caress. If you haven't heard it, I don't know where you've been. <laughs>
that's it. That's the last caress from this fits. That's it's a good one. That's a catchy ass song, and so many bands have covered it. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. The song is um, the song is quite amazing. I like how it starts off with with Danzig just saying, "I got something to say," with like a solid guitar mm-hmm. in the background. So it kind of just sets that sets that pedestal of like like listen to me as if the entire band isn't already like that. And I thought this song was very, very, very like 50s, dude. This is like the 50s tune, but with the backing track of a gritty 70s punk. Yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of reminds me, it kind of sounded like the Ramones too, with all the downstrokes and the way it was structured. It was, it was a little like the, the Ramones, but I think much better than them. This is my favorite drum track on the album because of the overuse of the hi-hats, but also like the fast drum rolls. And I like how, the, I like how, how Mr. Jim matched the strumming patterns of the guitar with the drums, but only sometimes. And yeah. then sometimes he would do his own thing, and then sometimes he would like do like the stop and go of the, of the strum pattern, which I thought was really rad. It really kind of kept you on your toes. Yeah, it really did. It really, really did. I, it's an, like you said, another good example of Mr. Jim's drumming and how it, how well it goes with Danzig's writing. It's good stuff. And the song itself, like, just about like doing so much fucked up shit, like so many heinous crimes that eventually, like, karma is going to come up and catch up to you, right? And you're going to die. Yeah, but that's kind of what he wants. Like, he, 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 he just welcomes death. He just wants to die so bad, so he commits all these like heinous acts just to die. Like it's almost like he's afraid of suicide, so he he commits like the worst things, like raping people and killing babies, just so he could die. Like this is like a straight it's, up like seventies. Really, it's weird. Death by cop thing, right? Like th- this is like the OG yeah, that's, stuff. That's kind of what this is. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it what it is because it seems like he's so afraid to to kill himself. So no effects to, to cover. Want somebody else to do it for him? That was okay. Oh, that's right. They cool. did. Yeah. A lot of bands have done this song. It's it out of all the misfit songs, they cover this one. It's interesting. Whatever. Okay. So okay. Okay. Let's, okay, okay, let's wrap okay, it up. Okay. Uh, final, final thoughts on this one, and then um, uh, our ratings, and then go from there. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, one last thing I think is fun to note: uh, Jerry only did party with Sid Vicious the night before he died. Um, I think that's a, oh really I didn't know a that fun thing to talk about like literally hours and hours before he died he was partying with him so yeah. that's kind of cool if you think Sid Vicious is cool um, no other than I, that I don't I think he's awful yeah <laughs> Sid Vicious died he was like tw- like twenty one twenty two so I mean like, I know dude he was so young he didn't fucking know shit about like anything and it, it, it is it is very it is very sad when anybody that young kind of ODs and dies because mm-hmm. being that iconic. And there's a lot of things that I read, too, that, that um, Jerry Only was talking about. And he was, he was saying that when Sid Vicious would talk to him about his goals and his aspirations, he was thinking, like, you know, it's one thing to say that you want to be the biggest rock star and you want to change the world and you want to do all these things. But it's another thing to say all that stuff with a needle in your arm. And I was like, dude, like, how, mm-hmm. wow, like, what the, f- like, what are you doing, man? Like, how do you let somebody do that shit? 
Like, how do you let somebody get that bad that early on? And Jerry only actually became pretty good friends with Sid Vicious' mom. And he would drive her around before and after Sid Vicious' death. And so I, I, just, I think that with two of them together, mm-hmm. like, how do you allow that person to, to get that bad? I mean, you never really know anyway, so I don't completely blame him. But yeah. like, how, do you, how do you ignore the warning signs? And, and how does this happen? True. Like, but then on, I, I, when, when you're that young, too, you also feel like you're invincible and everybody around you is invincible, like all your friends and stuff. So it's a very different mindset. Especially back then, too. I mean, people didn't think drugs were as yeah. bad, I think. I wasn't alive but back then, but people didn't think they were that bad back then. Clearly, they were. Mm-hmm. They are. Well, to an extent. To an extent, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I think that's about that's about it. I got... Um, what, what, uh, so what are you going to give this album? Rating-wise. <sighs> it's not perfect. There are a couple songs on it that I thought were okay. <laughs> So okay. it's not perfect. I can't. I can't give it a perfect score. I just can't because it's not a perfect album. Um, when okay. I listen to this, I will skip "Spinal Remains." Mm-hmm. If I shuffled it, I may even skip "Static Age." If it came between like two bangers, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So given that, and given just how blown away, blown away I was by the Misfits, and just how. I don't know how how rich their history is in both in just both like lore and music and influence. I'm doing two point nine five. Fuck man, just give it a fucking three. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Two point nine five. Okay. Well, if you don't know, our rating system is three is a perfect album. Two is a good album that you're going to continue listening to. One is a bad album, but you should give it a shot. And zero is just utter horseshit. It's bad. Awful. Um, but me, uh, Misfits, I mean, like I said, I've liked them for a very long time. Uh, this is not my favorite Misfits record, but I think it's, it's solid. It, it's amazing. There's a lot of good stuff. I love the influence that they've had on other bands, some of my favorite bands. Um, Misfits aren't my favorite band, but they're, they're always, uh, it's always a pleasure listening to their music, the Danzig era. Uh, so I'm going to give this album a 2.9 as well. I, I, I can't give it a perfect, but yeah, it's, it's a 2.9. It's damn close to perfect. It's fucking fantastic. So there you damn, go. Damn, that's high. There you go. Woo! You, gave it, you gave it a higher rating than I did. That's true. <laughs> you dumbass. Couldn't, I couldn't give it a perfect three, though. All right, all right, did, all right, all right. Did you also... Did, or, or did you also read how Jerry only got his name, Jerry only? I did. Yeah, we'll, we'll just get into that real quick. So, like, so when they first released, like, their first, I don't know, single, or I think it was their first single, because they released singles and then EPs and then more yeah. singles, they, uh, they misspelled his last name, because his name is Gerald Kaifa. Kaifa. Kaifa, yeah. C-A-I-A-F-A. Like, who the fuck can pronounce that name? <laughs> so they, they misspelled that name, and then for a while afterwards, mm-hmm. he, he would tell them to bill himself as Jerry, dude, just Jerry, only Jerry. And, like, that was yeah, the quote. Jerry. And so it kept saying just only Jerry, only Jerry, and then it became Jerry only. So that's yep. a dope nickname. <laughs> that is cool. That is pretty. That's cool. like the only instance like of a self-given out. nickname where it's it's actually really cool. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I thought it was pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Easy. Well, 
that's it. That's about it for this episode of Asinine Radio. We just got into the Misfits album, Static Age. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for listening to the pod on this spooky, spooky episode. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And go follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Send us a message, asinineradio at gmail.com. Or just hit our DMs. Slide into our DMs on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, whatever, you know. I don't give a fuck. Just do it. Just awesome. talk to us. Let us know that. Let us know that you're there, you know, because we don't know how many fans we have. If we have any, I mean, as far as I know, we have three. So, Is that including thank us? you again for listening. Yes, including us. Gotcha. <laughs> so thank you again for listening, and that's about it. And uh, David Jaffe, David Jaffe, David Jaffe, David Jaffe, David Not really. Not really. <laughs> no about that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you just snorted there. Die? Die? Yeah. Die? <laughs> Instead of did I, I'm going to say die. Die? 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 This is Asinine Radio. I don't know. This is the end of October. Right. This is... Good. Yeah, I, I'm just going to start this over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> this is Asinine Radio. I don't even know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I don't know what to say. I want to meet myself. Oh, I'm like laugh. sweating. Uh, what what do I say? Because we don't have an episode number. Welcome back to Asinine Radio. You can start oh, it with that. Man. This is a very special <laughs> episode. This is our spookiest episode of the year. Like everybody else, we are okay, okay. in the midst of celebrating Halloween because it's amazing and fun. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> See, now, now you're just putting too much. Now you're putting too much pressure on yourself. <laughs> I know. Like, 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 there's only two of us, but just imagine like hundreds of people waiting for you to speak. That's what's going on right now. Oh my god, this is so stupid. Just imagine all our listeners in their underwear. I've done, we've, I've done this like 200 times, and well, like 171 times, I think. We've done more than that. <sighs> Man. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Because I know you're going to start laughing when I start. If I start laughing, I'll, I'll mute it. No, I probably won't mute it. Okay.